You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall Podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall Studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and is full of over 650 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website, ClassicAutomall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at ClassicAutomall.com. Now on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. And uh, they're rolling in another Saturday morning, show number 26 we've done here. Excellent. That's hard to believe. Well, actually, that doesn't, that's a misnomer because we've actually only done like 20 shows because we've done a few repeats because some of us can't show up on time to work or something. I don't know. <laughs> but nonetheless, we're show number 26, and we're actually recording this on, <clears throat> excuse me, March the 5th. 2022, whenever you may be listening to it on a podcast or a delayed feed or on YouTube on our channel and all of our other channels. Speaking of our channels, our TikTok channel, what the heck? Unbelievable. Yeah, we're, we're closing in on 100,000 views on just two videos. So if you're not on TikTok following us on there, come see what the fun is about. We have some excellent stuff going on there. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we, we did a, a segment on the AMC Gremlin that we have here and has 50,000 plus views. It's probably 60,000 now. Yeah, and I, I kind of knew that the Gremlin touched people like yeah. a lot of people have memories of the gremlin and uh, strong opinions one way or another and they, <laughs> yeah. they express them on there but uh, uh i didn't a- anticipate and again it's all about al my friend al you know right. al, al, al go rhythm, go rhythm. Go rhythm. Yeah. mr go rhythm uh, you never know when he's going to show up and yeah. uh he showed up in in force we were getting a thousand views per minute uh, on monday and uh, it's just been a, a heck of a ride well we've had that happen a few times with our facebook account you know we put a our drone footage video which is becoming semi-infamous world famous if you will uh um showing drone footage through our whole facility our three hundred thirty-six thousand square foot building here in beautiful sunny downtown morgantown pa um what a what a great uh, week we've had business-wise my goodness we've been just slammed Selling cars left and right. Um, the market is on fire. We see that not only with our business, but with auction houses and, and other dealers that we know in the business just watching what they're doing. And it's, it's unprecedented, I guess. And, you know, with inflation, the highest it's ever been, who's buying classic cars? Everybody. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's staggering. So um, thank you for all those consumers who continue to do what you're supposed to do as a consumer and buy a lot of stuff <laughs> that you don't need. I think everybody needs a classic car, though. 100%. It, it's, it's therapeutic. It's good for the soul. And we will mention every time, because we're so proud to have it, is our friend Pat Travers, who allowed us to use his song, Offbeat Ride, that you hear at the beginning and the end of our show, um, or who will be in Sellersville PA, we keep talking about this coming up uh, sept- or September. <laughs> Find somebody who can host this, Steve. Uh, March the 13th, which is a Sunday night, the Sellersville Theater. Go see him if you get a chance. Uh, great show. Great guitarist. Uh, uh, and thank you so much to him and his manager for allowing us to use the, the song. And, and I will continue to say that because I'm proud of it, number one, because it's something I listened to when I was 15 years old. And uh, it's just cool that we got something other than some canned music. 
music, which, you know, is okay if you're into that kind of thing. Right. Speaking of uh, music, I don't know if this is not a segue, but um, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter on our website, uh, classicautomall.com. And you can sign up for our newsletter. We send it out once a month. Uh, we don't bombard you like some people do. We send it out once a month, and we tell you updates about what's going on here, events we're going to, that kind of thing, new inventory that's coming in, so on and so forth. And we've got some great cars in in the past couple of weeks. Uh, we got an <clears throat> amazing barn find 69 Corvette uh, Coupe. Uh, it's a 454 numbers matching turbo hydromatic 400, which is surprising on a 454 Corvette, you'd think it would be a, uh, a four-speed car, but uh, there was quite a few automatics back in the day. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wanted to shift. That's right. And, and, and candidly, you know, if you take a four-speed car from the late 60s uh, with the, the, the wrong rear-end ratio, 60 miles an hour is going to feel like you're about to explode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you it's, know. It's up there. So, uh, but anyway, this car is really cool. It's, it's blue. It's got an original interior. Uh, another great car we took in a 60 Plymouth Fury convertible. And I thought, I haven't seen one of those in years. And our friends at the AACA, our, our next-door neighbors at the Philly Auto Show, which we'll touch on in a little bit, um, have a 60 Plymouth Fury convertible. So, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. So good thing we didn't take ours. So Two out of how yeah, many? I don't know. Not very many. Right. This one's got the 440, 375 horse, fully documented uh, example. It's got all its original metal. Hmm. And uh, an amazing car. We also got in a 79 Chevrolet Malibu Classic. And you say, okay, what, what's the deal with that? Why is that? Well, this one's got 43,000 original miles. It's unmolested. Uh, it's got the 305 in it, so it's extremely fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the 305, and it's rust-free. And this is just an honest, honest. Have you seen this car? It's Not really- only did I see it, we did a feature with Alyssa because <laughs> I picked it out. And uh, we're going to load that uh, TikTok eventually yeah. with Alyssa featuring this Malibu. It's a time machine. It's yeah. a, a time warp. It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. And it comes from one of our really good consigners who brings us just these cars that you just go, where did you find this? Or trucks that he finds mm-hmm. that have 22,000 original miles on them. And they're all unmolested and, and just original. And, and the way you like to see cars, lots of documentation. and There, there simply cannot be that many 79 Malibu classics no. in this kind of condition in the country. Absolutely not. Because let's face it, in the late 70s, the auto industry and quality were not going hand in hand. They were just churning them out. Uh, <clears throat> you know, paint was suspect, undercarriage, they covered rust proofing. They and- did make good Trans Ams that year. That's, that's, the, I will say that. If you got the right motor. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we do talk about a Trans Am. We also got a 70 Olds 442 W30, which I think is already sold, or we already have a deposit on. Original drive tank, 455, uh, 370 horse also. Uh, it's got the turbo hydromatic 400. Um, a 12 bolt rear and it has its build sheet we talked about that last show about build sheets yes. and what they are and how they ended up in cars they weren't supposed to they weren't required to be they just stuffed them there because otherwise they'd have to have a dumpster every day to get rid of all the build sheets and mm-hmm. thank goodness they put them in a lot of them of course a lot of them is song you know it's great to feel up under a seat and feel that there's paper there's something under there and it's usually the build sheet uh, up under the foam of the seat a lot of times though it's in 
suspect condition yeah. at best. A lot of times you reach under there and there's a mouse, so be careful. <laughs> yeah, careful. Or a snake, depending on where you live. <laughs> those dangerous mice. <laughs> they tear those things up, too, don't they? They, tear they do. Build sheets? They do. Yeah. They absolutely do. And they'll eat through wiring and they'll... Yeah. You know, get caught in your air conditioning vents and whatever else oh, yeah. they do. So this this Olds 442W30, though, is an amazing car. Um, check it out on our website. Uh, a 32 Plymouth PB Sport Roadster. Now, you see Fords and Chevys from 1932, but you don't see many Plymouths. There's not a whole lot of them. And this one drives great. Very mm-hmm. rare example. Uh, it's got a four-cylinder engine. Um, it's... Uh, you know, just one of those reliable cars that's easy to work on. And as we talked about last week, the death of the Model A is grossly exaggerated. People are still buying Model A's and four-cylinder cars from the, the late 20s, early 30s. And uh, and hallelujah, I'm glad that they are because mm-hmm. it's a, a good way to get in the hobby. And it's a good way to learn about antique cars, which is People don't even know what that means anymore. You say an antique car because it's special interest or collector mm-hmm. car or whatever. Uh, but anyway, check out the 32 Plymouth that we've got. And then the beautiful 41 Mercury 8 convertible. Uh, that's a former museum car, AACA winner, a meticulous restoration, leather interior, beautiful blue color. Um, you know, a, Mer- a 41 Mercury convertible. I mean, that's, that's, that's class. Land yacht. Land- <laughs> yes, it is a land yacht. So, um, so, you know, we talk a lot about here barn finds. What's a barn find? Is it a car that was found in a barn? Well, sometimes it is. Uh, it also can be just in a building. It can be stored away in a garage. It's basically a car that hasn't been touched, used, done anything with for a period of time. I don't know if there's a, a length of time that counts that collectively says that it's a barn find. Mm-hmm. But it's one that has just sat for years and years and years and years. A guy put it in the garage and kind of forgot about it or just didn't have time to deal with it. So we have a lot of barn finds here. I mean, a whole lot of barn finds here that my partner collected over the years. But we also sell barn finds. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because barn finds sometimes bring almost as much money as a restored, perfectly beautiful, shiny car. It could start as a project or people like the patina now. So they're just, exactly. they're kind of clear coating patina and yeah. that's kind of a trend. And yeah, yeah there's a yeah. lot of, yeah. plenty of cars here. But- you can, you can fit every category that you're looking for. If you want something that doesn't run, has no motor, rusty, leaks, we have it. Leaks. <laughs> we have that. And then we have the shiny, beautiful, perfect cars as well, too. So, uh, there's a little bit of everything here, but the barn finds are, are interesting because it is a preservation of the history of the automobile. And as we talked about again last week, the automobile played such a role in everything that we did in our lives, whether it was, you mm-hmm. know, a birth of a baby, it's getting married, getting whatever. Everything revolved around the car. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that some of these cars were parked in these barns or sheds or fields. Uh, my partners pulled cars out of fields that had, you know, a foot wide uh, tree trunk going through the center. Right. Of, you know, and so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, uh, restore any of the th- things that your partners found because no. every scratch tells a story, every bit of rust. There's so much depth to some of the the 400 you know antiques we have on display here. It's Absolutely, and it really does show you um, what what these cars look like. They're preserved in their state that they were found. Now, the found state could be all solid and, and just some faded paint, or it could be no paint on it and a little bit of rust, or it could be a lot of rust, but it's just something. We have a 1915 Packard uh, Dually truck. Mm-hmm. Do not do anything to that because go find another one. 
impossible to find another one. So, um, so if you get a chance, check out the barn finds. And when we return, we've got a special guest, lifelong auto enthusiast, Bob Rayner, who is going to be with us. And we're going to talk about car shows and Italian cars and all that cool stuff. So we'll catch you when we come back. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio, live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast, live or recorded or on Memorex. Nobody even knows what that means. <laughs> live from our fabulous studios in Morgantown, Pennsylvania, where it's a somewhat sunny day. And we have a great guest with us today, Bob Rayner, who's a lifelong auto enthusiast, a Italian car freak, a car show knowledger. <laughs> I like veteran. To, I like to make, veteran. I like to make up words as we go. Okay. Bob, welcome. Thanks for thank being on the show. For, this. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Well, it's fantastic. This is show number 26, did we say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our 26th show, uh, we've learned a lot about this business uh, in doing this. We, we, we always wanted to do a podcast or a radio show mm-hmm. or something of that nature, but – you know, business gets in the way, and you've got you know. You <laughs> Tell me about it. We yes. still have to, you know, we have to sell cars, and we have to consign cars, and we have to make sure that we're doing everything we're doing. But we thought, what a perfect opportunity to put a studio right here in the front of our building. And you know what the cool thing about it is, is that people are as much impressed with the sh- is, with the fact that we have a studio than they are with the show. I was the first <laughs> time I ever walked in this building. Sure. That's where my eyes went to the left and where the studio is because I spent my most of my working career in radio and television so when i see microphones and lights and everything i immediately am drawn to it and it 
is an impressive studio. Well, you know, we thought that uh, it was something that would be a benefit to us in the long run, but it was also something we just have fun. We get to meet people and talk mm-hmm. to people, and mm-hmm. and clubs like you're involved with. You all had your meeting here last week. Yeah, with the last fiat, last weekend. Yeah, for the Fiat fact, Club, yeah. second or, one here. Oh, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So that's the cool thing about Classic Automobile is we allow uh, club car clubs and groups and and uh, and and get-togethers, if you will, uh, car-related to be here and to be here for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and listen, does it benefit our business? Of course it does. Of course it does. <laughs> and, I don't, and who would disparage you from benefiting from it? it it's a mutual yeah, one hand washes it, the it, other. It's thing. a win-win yeah. Yeah. for us. And, and it's cool because – you know, it's it's nice to have people that are like-minded together. Whether you buy a car from us or not, it really doesn't matter. You know, like we were talking about being on TikTok, you know, uh, that's a younger crowd. It's a skewed to a younger crowd. However, the younger crowd has parents that have classic cars or they have older friends that have classic cars. Or same with the bu- the busload of senior citizens that come here. You know, they all have nephews and whatever. So. Sure. So you fa- you were uh, involved heavily with the Fiat Club America. You were the founder of that, I guess. Indeed. And so yeah. tell us about when that well, started and how that <laughs> – You know, I've told this story countless times in the last four decades. Uh, oh, boy. I mean, to go back to the real beginnings of it, uh, I had uh, – when I was a young kid – Young kid, right. all right, it's 8, 17, 16, 17, 18 years old. I had whatever car I could afford. I think I had a Subaru FF1. Was No, my first car was an MGB. Nice. Um, uh, Robin's Egg Blue MGB. I'll never forget it. I paid $600 for it, blah, blah, blah. Then I went to a Subaru because I needed some practicality. And again, I was in junior college. You know, I was 18, 19 years of age. What area of the world? Scranton, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, you, I'm you, a native of northeastern Pennsylvania. Sure. A coal cracker sometimes they uh, – A what? They, coal cracker because it's the coal region. <laughs> You never heard that term before. I'm from the South. I oh, never okay. heard anything. Oh, wait. I've heard we're fixing to go to dinner. That's all. Anyway, I've heard. there was a there was. I actually now I was starting to work, make a little money when I got out of school, and uh, I wanted a BMW 2002 so bad I could taste it. I wanted a burgundy sunroof BMW 2002 back then. I actually found one. I had to had work to do that day, and at the end of that work day, I I went to the. Um, this is a weird story. I went to the um, uh, 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 car dealer. It was a used car dealer out in Scranton, Pennsylvania area. I went to put a deposit on one I had seen the day before. It was the car of my dreams. Right. As I was parking the car, I saw another fellow parking his car across the street. 30 seconds ahead of me, he was in that door and put a deposit down no in that kidding. car that I was going oh. in there to do it. I was heartbroken have to be it was a memorial day weekend so i was at my parents house in clark summit pennsylvania and uh i went on a bicycle ride and i saw at chrysler plymouth dealer this forlorn looking left front flat tire fiat x19 i thought i thought oh that's a cool car i think i've seen these before sure uh i was driving a fiat 128 at the time i went from a subaru to a fiat 128 sedan which i really loved so i start crawling over this car and it was open the next day uh that was memorial day weekend so the monday or tuesday tuesday after memorial day weekend i went looked at the car bought it i thought this is so cool so unusual so different and that started it all a life-changing moment it literally Mm -hmm. was and because of that I started to get super enthusiastic. This is, by the way, 
before the internet, mm-hmm. before emails, before any of any of what we have now, including podcasts. So I started seeking out people. Um, but how do you do that without emails, internet, all that stuff? Blah blah. You blah, buy blah. a mailing list, right? Well, uh, I. One of the magazines, and I got them all as a mm-hmm. kid, Car and Driver, sure, Road, me and tra- too. Road and Track, you, you know, mo- uh, Motor Trend, Hot Rod. I got them all. And they had classified ads in the back. And I saw uh, uh, something, I think it was Road and Track, Fiat Club of America. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so I wrote to it because you couldn't email. <laughs> there was no and website. stamps were a nickel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the gentleman who ran it, I kid you not. His name was Santo J. Bimbo. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Seriously. I have, I have. I dated a girl. I have book. I have, I have, f- books filled with newsletters published From by him. Santo J. Bimbo. Well, anyway, That's long story name. short, it really wasn't much more than a correspondence club, and not a really right. good one at that. Uh, you know. Photo, uh, photocopied on you know regular paper and sent out or mimeographed. As Mimeo- we like to. Well, I was going to use that term. <laughs> See, but I, I didn't want to. Sure. I didn't want to confuse our I listeners. I wasn't sure you would know that. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, for referencing to me to be young. And after being a, ma- I said, well, can I write something for the magazine? You know, his newsletter. Well, sure. Um, and I did, and I titled the article "The Fiat Freak." Uh, well. That lasted to me. Well, I was a member till the club dissolved. Right. Uh, but they didn't do anything. It was strictly a correspondence club. And once a year, they had some big party in Santo J. Bimbo's kitchen. <laughs> Literally, because they they could. It was like the the laws of incorporation me- annual right. meeting or whatever. Yeah, you have to. And I said to myself, "Well, that's nice, but." I don't want to read letters. I want mm-hmm. to turn wrenches and rub elbows with fellow enthusiasts. So I wrote to him. Uh, I'm trying to make this condense oh, this as quickly great. as I can. So I wrote to him and I said, uh, be, being motivation, motivated like it was, I said, can I have the mailing? Can you give me the names and addresses of the people in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York State? The three contiguous states right. near northeastern PA because I knew Oscar Kovaleski, a name you may with whom you may be familiar, who was a just passed away not that long ago, but from Scranton. And uh, he used to run a business that was world famous called Auto World, where right. they sold slot racing cars and all that stuff. Well, but lots he was of stuff from them. He was a racer in and of himself. In fact, I went to uh, high school with his uh, son. Uh, 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 anyway, so I wrote to Oscar, and he actually took the SCCA double nationals. Uh, that were held at Pocono uh, once a year, Pocono International Raceway. Right. And I said, Oscar, you're try- he tried to make it a spectator event by selling tickets. And he said, Oscar, can you sell me a bunch of discount tickets, and I'll try to get my uh, this a bunch of car people together. They're Fiat, Fiat right. Lancia Italian car people. So I did. And a friend of mine named Dwight Barnes lived in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We met one day. Didn't even know we had to all, by the way, all this correspondence by snail mail. Right. So you've never seen anybody in person. Don't know what they look no, like. No, 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 no. Could no. be standing next to him at the grocery so store. So I met him and I said, I'll meet you at the uh, food cart at uh, Park City Mall in Lancaster because I was living in York, Pennsylvania by this time. And I said, you want to try to put something together? He said, yeah, we got up there. We talked about it. I said, I can get discount tickets for this, blah, 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 blah. So we did. And we actually, I was working for a television station at the time in York, Pennsylvania. And we, uh, <laughs> we met in the construction trailer right. as the, uh, up there. And, uh, we, out of our own pockets, we bought envelopes, paper, 
postage stamps. Uh, I uh, hijacked the uh, photocopying machine at the television station. Mimeograph. And we, we hand-typed. And I got some pictures of cars and like cut them out, hand typed, did a layout, and photocopied a flyer, if you will, mm-hmm. and hand stamped them, licked the stamps. This was before self-adhesive <laughs> so stamps, and sent them out to all these names that that Santo J Bimbo. Right. We got twelve people to show up, twelve cars, and a, and, and a how few many? More did, how many did you send out? Probably 13. I mean, because the club wasn't that. So the ratio was good. Well, the, good. I, I can't remember that, but the, cl- <laughs> but the club was just there. But anyway, from that, at, in July of 1983, was the second, third weekend in July 1983. From that, I sit here today, almost 40 years of this club wow. being in existence. But, and this is the underscore, mm-hmm. three months before that event, three months before that event, Fiat announced they were pulling out of North America. And that would have been 1982. The March, three, no, yeah. March of 1983. They said, we are, we're taking Lancha, we're taking, we're leaving North America. And they left for how many years? 25 exactly. Wow. So for, for this club was actually started. We didn't even call the event the Fiat Freakout that we do now. And that, because I was writing my article, right, the Fiat the Freak, Freak, so the Fiat yes. Freakout. And so uh, just to underscore that, three months prior to that, March of 83, they said, we're leaving North America. And for a quarter century, they were gone. Despite that, this club has grown and grown and grown and prospered to become the biggest of its kind in North America, if not the world. Our annual Fiat Freakout will celebrate. We're going to Texas this year. I think it's our 40th anniversary. Might be 39th. I've lost track. I hear you. Uh, but I've been there since day one. And I think, Stuart, the the uh, the, the ta- if there's a takeaway from this, is that the people were so for real car enthusiasts, right? For real yeah. that they could maintain and exist. For four decades. Without a manufacturer. Without a, what, a 25 years of which there was no manufacturer, <laughs> right. yet it grew and grew and grew and grew. And uh, see, that's putting where, if you will, the cliche, putting money where your mouth is. Sure. These people were real enthusiasts. You couldn't buy one if you wanted one. No factory support, but we kept our cars going and right. growing and establishing incredible personal relationships. Does Fiat recognize the club now and do they or are they is that beyond the scope of what No, yeah, oh very much so. In fact, uh uh very much so when they returned. Well, they didn't all those years. Right. Those well, 25 sure. years yeah. when they were gone. <laughs> yeah, that's know? a long way across the pond to, uh, to look at. Although God knows we tried to get them. Sure you did. Of uh, and they knew of our existence, but that was the end of it. When Fiat re- returned to North America in uh, 2012, and we could do a whole show just on what that has been like. You right. know, it's been fabulous and then not so good. Yeah. But uh, they actually uh, – uh, Yes, they recognized us very, very much. The CEO at the time, the first one, uh, came to our annual Fiat Freakout. In fact, when, when the Fiat 500 was introduced in the U.S., that night at our bank, our, our, our awards banquet, she offered the first 
batch of 500s exclusively to the club. That's a fantastic yeah. story, which we will continue with when we return with Bob Rayner, our Fiat Club aficionado freak, if you will, and uh, car show mm-hmm. enthusiast and car enthusiast all together. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast, show number 26, with our buddy Bob Rayner. We're talking all things, well, right now we're talking, been talking all things Fiat. Uh, and so Fiat's back, or they were back, uh, after 25 years. Well, year technically absence. they are back, right. but they're, they're, uh, <laughs> On a smattering, yeah. uh, uh, and that may change yet again. Well, you never know. I mean, no, somebody may scoop them up. Actually, mm-hmm. actually the, the now CEO of, Stellantis, uh, are you familiar with that? That that Fiat FCA, Fiat Chrysler automobiles right changed hands and reorganized yet again, and now it's Stellantis. Well, that makes sense. Stellanta meet makes Dodge Chrysler. Gotcha. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I mean, the company. Stellantis. That's that, yeah. I never well, he has he that. has publicly stated in interviews that. Do not count the Fiat brand out yet. And you drive a later model Fiat, don't you? You just drove one up today. Didn't yes, you? I did. I, a, a 500 Abarth, and uh, I've had two. Right. Uh, and I have, I told you during the break, I have not been without a Fiat vehicle, at least one. Right. For over four decades, and, you know, sometimes five or six at one time I've had Bless on your my heart, property. as my so. grandmother used to say. <laughs> they can be tricky because of parts availability, because Never of had a, a problem with that my entire life. No kid. Never never once, but I will tell you that's because of our wonderful club. When you, when you, you get people network. who are rubbing elbows with each other and says, oh, I have that screw or <laughs> I have that, that linkage or something sure. like that. So I've never had it. And plus I have enough expertise that – 
I, I honestly can't say I've ever had a Fiat in a garage. I do all my own work. Do your own myself. work. But is there a part source for those? I mean, plenty. A, so that's plenty. good. We yeah, have I mean, a number of club members who import cars who are car breakers, right, if you will. You know, right. that, the, the, that part out cars and everything. I have never in those 40 years, even with Fiat not being here, ever had a problem with getting a piece Isn't of that. Isn't that idea. amazing? And yet there's some things that are unobtainium that are on more pop, you know, cars that they made more of. It's, it's funny how certain networks like Saab and Fiat and, and some of these more kind of obscure type brands, if you will, especially in the U.S., um, they still have a great network. And, and because there was limited production and a limited amount of cars made they tend to be close closer knit that that's true but i'll I'll just add interject this sidebar here that's true in the united states in philadelphia in philadelphia in europe philadelphia is not the united in in europe in europe (laughs) you have to understand that is true in europe it's like chevrolet Right. You know, yeah. You know, Fiat at time, at yeah. times they were they were neck and neck or close to Toyota and General Motors as the world's largest automobile manufacturer. Sure. I mean, this is not. not I mean, they have factories in South America, right. in, in Eastern Europe, and everything. It was only in the U.S. where the importation of the cars was limited, but it. Everywhere else, it was all, huge. Yeah. All over the place. Well, like Renault. I mean, you don't same, see, you know, same yeah, thing, same, same type of thing same, is that same. you don't see them hardly here at all. However, they're there. We don't see Skoda and Trabant either. <laughs> so mm. there's that. Mm. But, uh, but not only have you been involved in Fiat's, uh, you've been involved in the international auto shows. Or, yes, I or, was. or the American auto shows, I should say. Uh, one of my favorite. Oh, it's actually international. International, I've been yeah. To, done chosen. Nice. Canada nice. and uh, elsewhere, other foreign. I had a great time in 2004, the Detroit Auto Show on Media Day, which was a great day to go because it wasn't crowded. And when I walked out of the bathroom, I'm standing side by side the captain, Roger Pinsky, and we talked for like 15 minutes, and he was the coolest guy ever. You know, I yeah. love guys. Well, seven, uh, 15 straight years I worked that show, all the press days, wow. all the industry days, and all the public days. 15 straight years. And yeah, I spent my time talking with. Mark Fields of Ford, right. Carol Shelby, uh, you name it. Uh, I was very, very blessed to to be – see, I, I, I inserted myself in the inner circle. Sure. I was just a guy. <laughs> I, I spent seven years – I did that a couple of I, I, I spent seven years working – representing Lexus right. and nine years for the Lincoln Mercury division of Ford. What years were you with Lexus? I can't even remember when I started now. It was 80 – I started the year – uh, the year this this generation two of the LS four hundred. So that would have been ninety two, ninety one, ninety two. I had an, I had a, a, a Q a Infinity. An, right, right. A, there, that was their Q fifty, and it was a ninety one, and I think they came out in ninety. So Lexus would have been about ninety uh, as well. So that probably was ninety three or so that you were involved. With. Well, I was a product special. Uh, Product specialist slash narrator. So when sure. you walked into the shows and saw the people up there standing on the turntables doing the presentation and everything, well, I did. That's what I did for sure. night. And but I was a little more than that. Uh, when when I was done with the presentation, which I tweaked and embellished in my own, I would talk to consumers. I would talk to customers. But during the press and industry shows, I spent. All the time I possibly could with engineers, sure. designers, marketing people, uh, to the point where they would—they at first didn't want to talk to me because right. they thought I was a spy. Oh, but I said, "Look, 
I sign a non-disclosure agreement every year to do this job. Talk to me. Well, I, and it, what ended up is I got a good reputation among the engineers, designers, uh, and what have you, where they would tell me things that they were not supposed to tell me. Sure, sure. You know, well, about ca- upcoming cars or, or even the guts of an engine. And when I would stand next to an engine cutaway and talk up to the engineer about – well, this here pintle coming in through this injector port here, and they'd look at me like, people like to do what you do aren't supposed to know, know this. about stuff like that. And I would get their confidence is right. my point because I really wanted to know, and then I used my knowledge to embellish the things that I presented in a layman's way, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then I got the repu- a good reputation, so whenever there was a concept car, introduction in Detroit or Chicago, whenever there was a, a prototype of a upcoming vehicle, wherever, I was the guy for Lexus and then for Lincoln, Lincoln division. Sure. I was the guy that did all the product introductions. But because that time, knock on wood, I was very honored to have garnered a reputation of this guy just isn't a good presenter. He knows what he's talking about. And so. a great brand ambassador for what you do. And what people don't realize yeah. is the amount of money that the manufacturers spent on their displays at the Detroit Auto Show is staggering. Staggering. I mean, $30 million Dude, for a display. Let me tell you, of that $30 million, Two or three million, and I know this because I knew the guys that didn't mm-hmm. work, did it and worked a lot. Two or three million of that was just the labor cost, mm-hmm. just to set them up. I mean, Ferrari had this glass steps up to a second level uh-huh. with food and drinks and the whole thing, and it was just the carpet and everything was just spectacular. Jeep had a waterfall that spelled out Jeep as it fell yes, down. Yes, it was computer control. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yep, was yep. just absolutely I had a lot amazing. of friends that worked for that yeah. company used to go there and just see a, that. Just amazing. Yeah. And, of course, now we've got the Philly Auto Show coming up. It, it started today. Yeah. For those of you who happen to be listening in the mall and are listening today, is uh, March the 5th. Is that the right? Is today the 5th, Steve? Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, thank you. Yes, it is. Gosh, I, I need help on mundane things. Um, the Philly Auto Show is starting a little later than normal. They usually are in late January, uh, but they're starting a little later than normal this year, and their footprint is a little smaller because they're, they have some other events going on down there. Um, uh, us, Classic Auto Mall, and the Antique Automobile Club of America are taking that whole second floor where Mercedes and, and uh, Lexus were uh, over the past probably 10 or 15 or however many years they've been doing it. So, but it's a slimmed down version. Now, Jeep still has their little drive thing that they do. Have you seen that? Have you oh, been yes. Yeah. I pre- I've, I've done it. Yeah. Off hours, you know, <laughs> right. because well, I knew everybody in every sure. single exhibit and all the exhibit builders and stuff. So, uh, you know, I could spend hours before the show opened, like. Like homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you know, messing around like that. And I did it all the time. But you've also been involved in, well, lots of things, but, uh, some of the, uh, Concord elegances, Radnor Hunt. Uh, Rad- well, Radnor Hunt, I've been very much involved with. For, I've lost count, you know, not as long as it has been going on, sure. but a good 10, 12, 15 years. It's and, a great show. It and really it's is. one of, I will tell you, having been to uh, Monterey and Pebble Beach on a number of occasions, uh, it is as good. It may be on a smaller scale, but there are a lot of cars at the Radnor Hunt Concours outside of Philadelphia that came from Pebble Beach. Sure. You know, absolutely. <laughs> that have been shown in mm-hmm. Pebble Beach or are on their way there. So the, it, it's as good as it can get. It's and and it's a, it and it's a wonderful setting at the oh, farm and, just. and you know, I mean, it's just amazing. And they have the horse drawn carriages that come through and, and it's just well done. It's low key. 
and laid back, but professionally run. Oh, as as which I love. Literally, I'm telling you, I've been to Concours and car shows or worked at them mm-hmm. everywhere in the country, and it's as good as anything you'll find in the world, including Pebble Beach, ju- on a bit of a smaller scale. Sure. So uh, I can tell you that. Uh, um, it was like, for example, and they have other record setters, like the first Concord d'Elegance in the country that included motorcycles. Right. The first. They're everywhere now, yeah. every one yeah. of them. We were just yeah. in Boca for their Concord, and it was mm-hmm. – motorcycles were included in a big part – not a big, big part of it, but a, a significant part of it, if you will. And the great thing about Radnor is it's right here in our backyard. Yes, so it is. You don't yeah. have to – Monterey – the hotel bill in Monterey is, or in Boca is not a pleasant – uh, American Express oh, call that you Monterey. <laughs> for, I mean, you can't. You probably are already. Yeah, you're too late. If too you, late if you want a room in Monterey. Absolutely. No, yeah. If you don't get it a year ahead. Yeah. We stayed in Salvang, <laughs> which is a little know. farm town outside of Monterey, <laughs> in a Motel Six, right? yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's un- I mean, not unfortunately, but it's just the the nature of that type of an event because. What people don't may or may not realize is that not only is there the Pebble Beach Concord, the Elegance, but there's six auctions, there's ten other events, there's cruise-ins, there's car shows, there's parties, there's That's why it's things. known in the auto enthusiast world as The Weekend. The Weekend. It is, because it is. It is the ultimate car weekend in the world, not it, just in North America, in the world. No question. Every car guy, it's it's on their bucket list. If they haven't been, they want to go. And and believe it or not, of all the things that I've done and been involved in, I've never been to the Monterey during that week. It always just something screws it up. I'm I'm doing something or something's going on or just can't go. So so, um, but you also did some television stuff as well too back in the day. <laughs> yes, didn't I you? did. Well, I spent I don't know how many seasons. I actually produced and host my own automotive television show, right. which I called Auto Showcase. And it was regional in southeastern Pennsylvania, south central Pennsylvania. Right. And, focusing uh, on new cars? New, that yeah. was, yeah, focusing on new cars. Well, I, a number of my programs, I used to have a segment on something special, like a vintage car or something. But what I did was I, I uh, would do new car introductions uh, but I would shoot them. I would do the introductions and do walk-arounds, if you will, and talk about the, the features and all that stuff. But I would shoot it in car showrooms of my participating dealers. So they got the advantage of all this exposure. Right. I, uh, uh, I wasn't pitching the car per se, but the fact that I was in this Nissan dealer or this uh, 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 whatever dealer it was – and I always interviewed open and close one of their salespeople, so they got airtime as well and sure. everything. So, let me. I put. I did it for seven seasons. I did it for seven seasons. And in television, if you get renewed even <laughs> once, it's considered a success. So, knock on wood, I had fun with that too. And when we come back, we'll spend the third segment. If Bob wants to stick around for one more segment, uh, we'll we'll do our our third segment with uh, Bob Rayner, our. Lifelong yep. auto enthusiast. Like a valve, I'm sticking. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144 page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, 
or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2 only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right, and you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast at the Classic Auto Mall Auto Mall in downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Which is, you know, there's not much of a downtown to it. But we do have a casino. We keep telling people that. Come see our casino, then come see us. Preferably don't spend all your money at the casino or take your winnings Ah, and come here. Right. idea. So our four on the floor, which is our little trivia contest that we – not trivia contest. It's a a scavenger hunt, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Get to figure out what – Stock number, year, make, and model of the car we're talking about. Send us an email at podcast at classicautomall.com with the correct answer, stock number, year, make, and model of the car. It's a specific car that's in our inventory. Last week's winner uh, was a 91 Lotus Elan that we had in here, which is really rare. It's a rare, rare piece, and we took it to – it's at our display at the Philly Auto oh, Show. Oh, good. So if you get a chance to go check out the Philly Auto Show, and if you hear this show when it's aired, you have – today and tomorrow to go so it's uh it's at the end of the run but uh last week's winner the lotus salon and uh this week's four on the floor we have give you four clues and you email us with the correct answer podcast at classicautobob.com four clues are clue number one destructive rage okay clue number two land shark clue number three year one unibody and clue number four, older cousin is a movie star. So there's some interesting ones. So Destructive Rage, Land Shark, Year One Unibody, Older Cousin is a Movie Star. If you know the answer, podcast at classicautomall.com, and uh, we'll send you a hat. A nice hat, too, as I say. It's not just some flimsy hat. This no. is this is fancy hat. So where do we sell cars in the past two weeks? We weren't here last week because my wife and I were in South Florida. Which, by the way, the hardware and the boats and the car and the traffic and everything is just overkill down there. It's just unbelievable. Over the top. Over the top. I mean, Rolls Royce ghosts like or like their Toyota Camrys wow. and Ferraris. And you stay in the we stayed in these high rise hotels, which you get the echo of the traffic. And these guys mm. would be airing out their Ferraris uh-huh. at seven thirty on the mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Really? And man, it was cool. And then we went to the Boca Concord de Elegance, and it was fantastic. I'd never been to that one. We chose that one over Amelia this year. We didn't go to Amelia, which is actually the week this weekend right now that we're in uh but the boca concour was fantastic but take your sunscreen oh i got burnt up like you wouldn't believe it was unbelievable but what a great show had a great time and uh we'll definitely be back i just wish it wasn't the week before amelia because i love going to amelia so with that said we've got two weeks of 
car sales that where we've sold our cars mm-hmm. to, and and that's a lot because it's a mouthful. There must be about forty something cars on this list. So let's run down the list quickly: Marlton, New Jersey; Saratoga Springs, Utah; Irwin, Tennessee; Hazleton, Pennsylvania; Boyertown, Pennsylvania; Shoemakersville, Pennsylvania; Lansdale, Pennsylvania; Brownsville, Texas; Riverside, Connecticut; Gilbert, Arizona; Pittsburgh, New York; Disto Island, South Carolina; Idlewild, California; Smoketown, Pennsylvania; Walling, Tennessee; New Tripoli, Pennsylvania; Wellington, Ohio; Knoxville, Tennessee; Falls Church, Virginia. Virginia, Browns Mills, New Jersey, Fritch, Texas, Bridgeville, Delaware, New York, New York, Lewistown, Montana, East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, Hatboro, Pennsylvania, Winter Park, Florida, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, Sneeds Ferry, North Carolina, Malvern, Pennsylvania, Evergreen Park, Illinois, Lake Placid, New York, Wichita, Kansas, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Point Pleasant, New Jersey, Fayetteville, West Virginia, Griffin, Georgia, Winbur, Pennsylvania, Cockerville, Pennsylvania, Massateequa Park, New York, Noblesville, Indiana, Davie, Florida, Aston, Pennsylvania, Hillsborough, New Jersey, and New York, New York. Remember that guy used to do the commercials? He used to talk really fast. <laughs> the FedEx guy. Yeah, yeah, the FedEx guy. <laughs> You're me. almost there. You're almost there. Really all cool. of those, all of those places touched by vehicles from Morgantown, PA. That's right. Think about that. They all wow. from little old Morgantown. We're selling cars, and of course, we're selling them all over the world too. I mean, uh, you know, we're not selling all over the world right now with all the chaos that's mm-hmm. going on right. and our gas prices through the roof. And we don't get into politics around here, so we'll just keep our mouth shut about that. <laughs> And, although I already brought it up, didn't I? Well, gas prices are, uh, are key to our hobby, aren't That's, they? They very much so. And the fact that we have petroleum is key to our hobby as well, too. Thank God a lot of rich guys – I say this often. Thank God a lot of rich guys are in uh, in our hobby. And, and uh, Steve, did you see our new ad in Sports Car Market? Magazine? I did. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that two-page spread. Beautiful two-page ad with a letter from Stuart and a yeah. beautiful – Photograph and there's the staff right there on the bottom of the page. Yeah, so you well, know who you're going to talk to. Who you yeah. need to call. And uh, we're visiting with our guest Bob Rayner, uh, automotive aficionado, lifelong enthusiast. So you were the on-air announcer, segment co-producer for the Philadelphia Gr- Vintage Grand Prix. Now, I yeah, when that a- th- that permutation, I don't <laughs> that one permutation of that. Yeah, yeah, on uh, the NBC affiliate KYW here locally covered it, and uh, I was asked by the. You know how it works in the car business, in the car enthusiast world. One guy knows another guy, knows another guy, knows another guy. You know, it's very incestuous in that regard. Sure. And, and and somebody said, "Well, here's a guy who's been done his own television, auto television show. He should be your announcer." But and the 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 promoter at the time contacted me, and I became I was the on air. And where was this held? Uh through the. Uh, streets of Fairmont Park and wow. Fairmont Park and Pilot. Now it actually happened in the very early 1900s and there was some people including the promoter who was very very keen on repro- you know reviving that reproducing mm-hmm. it a la what they do in Pittsburgh. I was going to say time. we've all heard of the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix which is hugely successful. Right. Um, and so could the Philly one have been too but you know all the star and that's not to disparage anybody who tried. Sure. It's just that a lot of stars have to align. Governments, you know, uh, budgets, investors. So um, it was pretty darn cool. It it dismays me that it didn't really catch on and move on. I think you know Coatesville does their Grand Prix, and they're and I've been the announcer on that every single year since it's uh, uh, happened, and that is just scratching the surface of what it could be. No question, you know, no question. I see a lot of potential with that. You know, they have some limitations based on. 
just the geography down there. It's hard, you know, kind of hard to lay it out it properly. It is indeed. And, it's very difficult. And yeah. road courses in, in, you know, people don't realize that the success of some of these, uh, like Bristol in NASCAR mm-hmm. racing is right. because you can see the whole track. Right. Right. In road racing or at Le Mans mm-hmm. or at exactly. uh, Le Mans or Coatesville, mm-hmm. I like to keep those yeah, yeah, in the same category. Go. There you go. <laughs> uh, you only get to see one little segment. So yeah, you got to yeah. pick your favorite area, like at Road Atlanta, turn five for us. So. <laughs> well, let me do- as fast as I can possibly say it. A buddy of mine who who has since passed away, but a well-known car enthusiast, posted on a Facebook post one saying, you know, about the Coatesville Vintage Grand Prix. And being a resident of Coates, a resident of Coatesville, I thought, he is out of his mind. He, it, but it was typical of his sense of humor, right? Typical to, to like, like Coatesville Vintage Grand Prix, you know. And uh, I just thought, oh. What? He's just pulling everybody's leg, right? <laughs> a day later, I'm in my optometrist office, and I look in the waiting room, and there's a poster for the Coatesville Vintage Grand Prix. I'm thinking either my optometrist <laughs> is in on his joke, right. or this could be a real thing. They well, actually made the poster. Oh, my God. I couldn't. I said, yeah, sure, right. Well, honest to God, it was. I got asked to be the announcer, and this fall will be its sixth permutation. Fantastic. We got involved Six. In, four years ago, <laughs> so that's been fantastic. And, and you know, it's funny. I mean, a Grand Prix is a very European term. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. it's sort of been bastardized because, yeah, gr- it's, yeah. you know, Grand Prix now is used, you know, like, to the non-enthusiast. It's like, oh, it's a Grand Prix. It's a race. You yeah. know, one though. The, as you know, the Formula One World Championship Grand Prix is really the only <laughs> yeah. Grand Prix. Speaking but, of that, we may be getting a new American Grand Prix team. Andretti's looking to, uh, uh, step into the world of Formula One, which I got to think that you got to talk to Gene Haas and say, how's that working out for you? Well, because it's actually gone down. They were better in their first year. <laughs> And they have yeah, been since, yeah, and you know? and and the amount of money, but but apparently there's a lot of money in it, even if you're the back markers. Uh, it's uh, apparently there's it obviously makes it worth their while because Haas would have been out of it a long I time. I would like I would like to, in our current state of the world right now, when this is being recorded, I'd like to find out because Haas's major sponsor is Eurocali, a it's big a Russian. Russian uh, build yeah. trillionaire, and they've. I, I've seen pictures. They've removed all the sponsorship yep. from the car. So who knows where that's going? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's some interesting news in Formula One. And then, of course, the passing of one of my uh, hero drivers, who wasn't as nearly as successful as some people might have been, but Danny and Gaius uh, passed away. Uh, Interscope on the gas on the Danny gas. on the, the on flying the Hawaiian. Yes, he was. He was. A, he was. I tell you what. If he could keep it between the lines, man, he would have. He was great. I mean, yeah, he, was he was probably a legend. he really was, and probably one of the greatest drivers who had as limited a success you can have in being a great driver. It sounds like an oxymoron, but no, uh, I got it. Yeah, he. Uh, I used to love watching him because when he was on, man, he was unstoppable. Yes, he was. So yes, he and was. didn't even realize he was still alive. I mean, he didn't even hadn't even thought about it in so many years. And uh, but there was a nice tribute to him in Auto Week magazine uh, last week, and uh, other nice tributes uh, for him. So we, uh, I think he was seventy nine years old. So. Which we now we say is young, you know. That's, yeah, that's not yeah. old. And the only reason we say it is because we're all getting close to that age. So it's all the uh, fun things we do. So, so tell me about your vision of what happens with Fiat and the Fiat Club and the collector car market in in whole in the future. Well, what do you see? Okay, I'm an Italian car fanatic, so I'm very prejudiced. Sure. I mean, I live, breathe it. My mother had, uh, was one of 11 Italian children, spaghetti sauce in her veins. I mean, it's, it's something that, that's immersed in me. Uh, and I, I've said this a 
thousands of times, and I'll say it to you here as a preference to what I'm about, what I'm about to do in answering your comment. And I say this every year at our big Fiat Club of America Fiat Freak Out Dinner Banquet. I quote my favorite automotive writer of all time, David E. Davis, who was, you know, um, uh, literally the greatest auto journalist ever lived. He once said, he began an article, and I still have it. I tore it out of the magazine. I still have it. He said, the, he said, the Germans invented the automobile. Uh, the Americans turned it into a disposable item, but the Italians taught it how to dance and sing. <laughs> if you don't get it, it's like yeah. it's like Saul. If you don't know what it is, you don't get it. You don't okay? get it. And if you don't get it, then I'm not sure I want to continue talking. Right. To you. So <laughs> the Italians sometimes are too brilliant. Too they they may build things so beautifully. They do. You know. They talk. They their their vehicles dance and sing. That they kind of overlook the hardcore business stuff. <laughs> stuff and everything of it here the future of it and everything i don't know fiat came into the country they had a lot of missteps right out of the shoot right that they suffered four years later they're now down from they didn't have a good model mix to begin with they had excellent vehicles but they didn't have enough cars model mix they didn't have enough dealers open when they were were, were pushing them and all that stuff and the bottom line is they are now Under the Fiat badge, selling just one vehicle, the Fiat 500X, which I, uh, my wife and I happen to own one. And how many did they sell last year? Would you even guess? I mean, oh, it was pitiful. It it was pitiful for a number of reasons, including they just pulled models out of the market. If they were there, they probably would have sold them. So, but Mr. Tavares, who is now the head of Stellantis, I think he's of Spanish origin or something. I've seen several interviews of him and he says, I'm not willing to let that die yet so it may have some new new stellantis money injected back into it to revive some let's hope so bob pleasure having you on the show today and uh, coming up on next week's show we have no idea who's going to be our guest but two weeks from today is going to be dave majors the ceo of mecham auction so we're going to talk to him remotely uh, on our zoom call and uh, learn about everything that's going on in mecham's world which is crazy they're selling cars unbelievable what they've been doing with their auctions lately and uh, we we will uh, certainly see you back here next week. If you get a chance, come see us here in uh, Morgantown and check us out on all the uh, social sites. Can I invite people to FiatClubAmerica.com? Absolutely. FiatClubAmerica.com. <laughs> You'll find out there are lots of stuff there. And you don't even have to do the WWW anymore. No, you, you don't. Have to do- no, no. Actually, that, that'll make it load sl- more slowly. So well, Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. We appreciate your listening to our show today. And don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Automall Podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media. Theme song by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.